Good day, fabulous women. Welcome to the Beauty in Time, where we celebrate fabulous women like you. This is episode number five. Today on the Beauty in Time, Time and the Little Red Hen, that should get you thinking. This is Clarice. I'm excited. I'm delighted that you're joining me today on The Beauty in Time. We'll do the prelims at the end. However, I want you to remember, here at The Beauty in Time, we're not about hype. We're not about fads. We're not about cultural trends. At The Beauty in Time, we're about the truth. The unchanging, wise, life-impacting power of the Word of God. Biblical Mandates. Now let's get to time and the little red hen. When you heard me say the little red hen, did you go to your electronic device and Google the little red hen? Do you remember the story of the little red hen? How can time and the story of the little red hen benefit you? I'm glad you're asking yourself those questions. That means we're thinking. That's what we want you to do. Think. Get the gray cells working. Before I tell you how the little red hen can benefit us, when I was a little girl, well, actually, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Bird, instilled a love of reading in me that continues until this day. I love to read. Going to the library when I was a child, it gave me so much joy. And when I reached the golden age of nine, I was allowed to ride the city bus to downtown Charleston to the John L. Dart Library for colored Southern children like me to get my first library card. I still own a library card today, and I still use the card at the library, of course. Later, Mrs. Bird invited us to her home for a Saturday morning book club discussion. The entrance to the club was a library card. That was the incentive to get the library card. She opened my imagination. That was her legacy to all the children she taught at Wallace Consolidated School. And I think it's appropriate to give a hearty thank you to all the teachers that inspire children to read and stimulate their imagination. So thank you, teachers. I salute you. Trust me, all this ties in with the little red hand. Little golden books were a staple in the homes of most families during the 1950s. The little golden books used animals to mimic the actions of people. And there was usually a teaching point to the story. Here's a brief synopsis of the story of the little red hen. I hope you can hear the smile in my voice every time I say the little red hen because I remember gold, little golden books growing up as a child. I believe they're still in publication today. All right, the story of the little red hen. One day, the little red hen was out and she found some wheat. So she asked her three barnyard acquaintances to help her plant the wheat, water or tend the wheat, cut the wheat, grind the wheat into flour, and then 
help her bake the bread. All her barnyard acquaintances replied, Not I. First of all, you see that the little red hen wanted to share her vision of that bread. She had a vision of doing all this work and getting to the bread at the end. She wanted to share it with her three barnyard acquaintances. However, at every step of the way, when she asked them to participate in the process, they replied, not I. So the little red hen took the initiative to do the work herself, and she did. She planted, watered, tended, cut, grind the wheat into flour, and bake the delicious bread. Could you imagine the smell of that bread baking? Once again, she asked her three acquaintances, who will help me eat this bread? Enthusiastically, all three replied, I will. Now here's where it gets a little bit testy because the little red hen refused to share her bread. Rather, she and her three little chicks ate the bread. Oh, I didn't mention that she was a single parent. So single parents, be aware of the little red hen. She had a vision and no one would help her with her vision. The little red hen took the initiative and brought her vision to life. It manifested because of her hard work. Thank you for joining us today on The Beauty in Time. Would you believe we're almost six minutes into the session? Today, we're sharing about the little red hand, time and the little red hand. Now, how does time fit into this story of the little red hand? When I was a child, I saw this as entertainment. There was a a teaching point in there about hard work. Now that I'm more mature, I've lived a bit in life, I've had some experiences, I think we can glean a little bit more from the little red hen. First of all, the little red hen was a leader. She was the one that took the initiative to go to the others and tell them what she had discovered. She was willing to share her vision and the vision that she had for the wheat so that they all can enjoy. What has God placed in you for you to share with the world to make it better? You know, life is about getting better. We're constantly trying to improve ourselves. And when we do, we improve our family, our relationships. We improve our neighborhoods, our schools, our churches. There's a trickle down. The little red hand wanted her prosperity to trickle down to her friends and benefit her friends in the barnyard. But as you can see, you can't drag people kicking and screaming into your vision. So if you share that vision and they don't want to buy into it, then move on and do it. I think about Joseph. Joseph had a dream he shared with his brothers and his brothers did not want any part of his dream. As a matter of fact, they did everything they could to hinder Joseph's dream up until the point of selling him into slavery and saying and boasting to themselves, now we'll see what become of his dreams. You're going to encounter people like that in your life when you tell them or share with them your dreams. However, you must remember that if God placed that dream, that vision into you, 
then God will make sure that dream, that vision comes to fruition. Trust God. Go to God. Lay that dream, that vision before him. Habakkuk says, write the vision, make it plain so that when you run, you'll be able to see the process. The little red hen knew the process for baking that bread. She knew from step to step to step what had to be done in order to get to that vision of baking that bread. And you have to do the same thing. Be great at getting better. Time plays an important part in your vision. It takes time. Remember, there is no elusive clock someplace that has the right moment for you to start working on your vision. You must take responsibility for what God has placed in you. Remember the story of the talents. When the master of the house distributed the talents to his servants, and he left, he placed the responsibility of them to see what they would do with what he gave them. The same as with you. If you start, God will honor your work. God will honor your faith. You stepping out in faith, believing and trusting that God will do what he says he will do in his word. That vision lines up with his word, his will, his will is his word. And if it does, then you have nothing to fear. Even when adversity comes, even when it seems like everything is falling apart, you remember to trust God, to stand firm on his word. Dr. Millicent Hunter Douglas wrote a book years ago, and I read that book years ago. It's called Don't Die in the Winter. Remember, there are seasons in life, and in every season, there is God is doing something in your life. Even when you can't see it, something is going on. It's the same thing when we plant seeds. When you plant a seed in the ground, you can't see that seed beginning to germinate and to push its way up. You realize that something is going on when you see that first little shoot, that first little bud sticking out of the ground. You know something is going on. But underground, something was going on that you had no idea. You couldn't see. So don't always look to see. Remember, we walk by faith, not by sight. We look at the things which are not seen, which are eternal things, because we know that the seen comes from faith in the unseen. And when that unseen takes faith and roots it, the seen will come to life here on earth because we trust God and we believe that God has ordained us for a definitive purpose. The little red hen saw her purpose when she found that wheat. What is your purpose? What is your definitive aim? What has God called you to do, fabulous women? Get with it. Get on it today. Don't allow circumstance or finance, fear, I don't have this or I don't have that to stop you from your appointed destiny and your gift benefiting the world and glorifying God. It's all about glorifying God. It's not about us. Well, with that fabulous women, 
that ends this session on the beauty in time. I hope that you were encouraged, uplifted, and motivated to write that vision to make it plain. Get started today. Our fabulous women quote today is from Dr. Millicent Hunter Douglas, her book, Don't Die in the Winter. Quote, we are gifts to the earth. Our task in this life is to discover our God-given gifts so we can be a blessing to others. Our due season is that particular time when our gifts come to full fruition. End quote. If you are not in Christ, then hopefully today you make that decision to accept salvation, to be restored to his original purpose, and get direction for your life's vision, claiming your rightful inheritance of abundant living in his joyous presence. Remember Ecclesiastes 3.11, he makes all things beautiful in his time. When we walk by faith, in his time, then we see and appreciate the beauty he created in our life. Assured, we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. The Beauty in Time is an affiliate of the Preferred Life Group, LLC. Visit the website at www.preferredlifegroup.com to read our blog and to listen to our podcasts. This is Clarice. Live brilliantly, be fabulous. <laughs>